This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome to Never Meet Your Idols, a podcast where your idols get real, whether you like, like, it, like it or, or not. not. This is episode six of Never Meet Your Idols. I'm your host, Laura Mary, and unfortunately today, the other host, Karay, cannot be with us. But just for the intro, she's not very well at the moment, so sending her best wishes and a speedy recovery, and she'll be back soon. We're speaking with Rhiannon, best known as Ritzy, from the band The Joy Formidable. They're from Wales. They've been around since 2007. They've put out four albums as well as many other tracks that you can check out online, which I recommend you do. I had the great pleasure of meeting all of them on tour when they took my band around the States. Um, And I found Ritzy to be such a badass and totally unpretentious, which is one of the things I love about her but also such an underrated player. Even though, you know, they have fans all over the world, they play everywhere. Um, Dave Grohl is a huge fan. He's taken them on arena tours with the Foo Fighters. But I just feel like she's such a great role model and I want to hear about her more. And I actually, I want to know about her more. So we're really excited to get to know her and get to know who inspired her. Um, So without further delay, let's welcome our guest to the show. Here's your idol, Ritzy Ryan. Hi. Thanks for coming on today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Um, All right. So, Ritzy, our first question for you. Have you ever met your idol? And if so, what's the story? The thing that got me into music was Elvis Costello. Um, So big, big fan from being little. It was my first gig. Like, my mum and dad took me to um, an Elvis Costello concert in Liverpool when I was about seven years old and uh, I just loved it I think I was like riveted Uh, we were sat in the balcony and I just was so enjoying it and then I fell asleep I think for the encore how old were you seven yeah so that was like it was like the first um you know like when you're learning to play guitar and that that was like the first it's kind of like guitar book, song book that I had and just the first kind of obsession with somebody else's it kind of what got me really into wanting to write my own songs. So then fast forward to 2011 and um, obviously a big fan of his band as well, The Attractions, you know, because he had some great players in the, in the Attractions and one of them being Steve Naive, who was his pianist uh, in that lineup. And 
we reached out to Steve Naive in 2011 and he did a piano cover of one of our tracks off our first record. And that was like a big kind of career highlight. And I'm not saying that I used it as like some sort of an in to kind of, you know, <laughs> Mr. Costello. But, but why not? <laughs> well, you know, nothing ventured. And mm. uh, so that summer, um, we ended up playing the same festival. We were out in, uh, in Canada, uh, um, Oshiega Festival in Montreal. Mm. And he was headlining uh, one of the stages on the Saturday night and we were playing on the Sunday. Um, and I, w- I just... I just thought this is probably going to be the one fucking chance and uh, to say hello, you know, but um, he was very busy and I just got a big thumbs up across the, the car park. But that was enough. To be honest, <laughs> I, I kind of thought... kind of sweet, yeah. <laughs> I kind of thought that kind of keeps the allure and the, uh, the love of music, you know, still kind of quite alive. Because I think there's something quite frightening sometimes about meeting, um, I don't know, you know, what if personality what if the uh the connection just there's something that just kind of chips away at all this investment that you've had yeah you know totally so that was enough for me yeah i really agree i think that there is something about meeting your idol the kind of fear that maybe you love the mystery more than the reality um and I know that for some people that has happened, mm-hmm. maybe the reality wasn't quite what they expected. But in your case, I feel like that was pretty cool because you had a nod in a way. Like you didn't, he kept the mystery, but you had a little interaction. <laughs> yeah. You got an emoji. <laughs> got a like. Absolutely. And last year, I mean, and the only other one that I've ever thought was, um, I met Robert Smith last year. And, uh, you know, definitely one of those moments afterwards, because I, I met him just as we'd come off stage. We were playing in a festival that he'd curated up in Glasgow. And, and uh, you know, just I couldn't stop fucking talking. You know, it was something about the adrenaline of coming off stage and meeting him for the first time. I'm such a huge Cure fan. And, uh, yeah, I just felt like a dickhead afterwards. I was like, oh, what did I just what did I just vomit <laughs> in this exciting moment like and 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 <laughs> <laughs> definitely and I always you know I was kind of giggling to myself because obviously you know one of those really funny bits of footage of Robert Smith is when he you know he meets that woman backstage at one of those I don't know if you've ever seen it at one of the award mm-hmm. ceremonies and she's just like so excited you know and he's so dry <laughs> so I was like oh shit <laughs> I just come across like a right knobhead there, but I'm can. sure they're used to it. We had <laughs> Roger from The Cure, he plays keyboards in The Cure, um, on the show. It's funny because I'm not a Cure fan, Laura is though, but um, I've like openly talked about not being a Cure fan and their fans are so die. I mean, I got like death threats basically, you know? so um, I'm sure they're used to when they meet, I'm sure most of the people they meet are all like goo goo all over them you know so but was he in was he like nice at least oh he was very nice yeah very nice and um you know and he's been like i said very supportive very active as well it's mm-hmm. i think the support of so many bands uh you know the the meltdown festival that he created just really mm-hmm. great lineups and um and I, def- I mean he watched every fucking set that day as well you know he was oh, there so cool. paying attention so. 
yeah, he's great. Good old Robert Smith. Um, many people actually from the public were asking, was there any female artist that kind of inspired you to play guitar or to start a band? Or I know you mentioned um, your idols and stuff, but was there any female uh, artists that you thought, oh yeah, that I want to do that? Probably, probably the main two, uh, again, quite... Um... I suppose quite wrapped into going to a lot of shows. I think that was, you know, the kind of the the big kind of um, I don't know what got me into music. I just went to a lot of shows from being very little, and I think there was two um, big um, ones that made huge impressions, which was Bjork, which is just uh, just the most mesmerising, uh, beautiful. Um, Oh, just, you know, nowadays the production and all that sort of shit, it wasn't even a big production. It was so pure, but, um, but beautiful, just, um, mega, um, talented. And obviously, you know, right the way through in terms of, um, from a production point of view to a writing point of view to the, all the, uh, the art and the artistry, you know, like, I mean, I, the fact that she, she seems to just be able to do to answer anything and everything and and be you know kind of directing it all um which i think um you know had a had a, had an effect on me in terms of fe feeling that a woman can can do the whole fucking thing doesn't need anybody else um and, and chrissy hind as well i went to see the pretenders when i was really young and just thought yeah that looks fun <laughs> <laughs> So how is it that you've ended up in Utah? I mean, I know that's where you live now and you have for a while, but um, why why there? Well, you know me, you know, I'm not that keen on people. So I thought, <laughs> where's on very uninhabited? <laughs> so did you just come across Utah and think, yeah, I want to live there? I literally, well, it was, you know, it was a funny year. So what was it? It was like 2014, something like that. And I was on a road trip, a very cliched road trip with my mum. And um, we were just having, we'd hired a convertible and we were just having a real kind of mum and daughter kind of good old drive. And I'd been living, you know what it's like touring. I've been living out of a suitcase for what seemed <laughs> like, you know, a whole lifetime. And um, we just passed through this like little town. And uh, I thought, oh, okay, might move there. So by the next year, I had, <laughs> it was random. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, very random. And you're still there. I am. I mean, normally, you know, uh, on a usual year, uh, unlike 2020, um, I'd be split very much between North Wales and and here, but um, just the, the traveling and everything and um I haven't wanted to go home, to be honest, um, not because I don't miss everybody and I want to see them. I mean, my dogs are in North Wales, you know, so, um, but my mum's very high risk. So I just haven't wanted to bring another, you know, kind of level of mess into what is already a very kind of difficult situation. So I'm just going to, I'm rooting here, studios here, kind of just getting on with things, hoping that, um, you know, next year looks a little bit easier with travel and things starting to, turn again Utah is beautiful I mean are you do you struggle because like do you struggle there in terms of like being able to write with bandmates or anything I mean it's very long distance right 
or do you all live there? Well, it, it, we came over here in March, uh, just before things got really crazy, um, to kind of finish the record that we were making. So Ridgen and I have actually been stuck here together, you know, um, yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's kind of productive. Though. I mean, it's like a great time to be stuck together. It's been fine. I, you know, I think, um, you know, we've lived together before on and off, you know, throughout. I mean, we've known each other since we were little kids and we've been in a band together for just over 10 years. So we're kind of used to sharing confined spaces together. But this is a whole new level of, you know, like, <laughs> fuck, yes. you know, are you going out? <laughs> When are you leaving? Can you go for a walk? An extended walk, please? Yeah. But we're doing okay. We've been, like I said, it's just been, we've been just throwing ourselves into a lot of music, been focusing a bit more on our music club, and we've been doing loads of courses. It's been quite nice. It's been getting back into, like, you know, um, have, it's strange having a little bit more time. You know, touring is just so chaotic. It kind of just somehow even though you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about, it does seem to just eat up time without you even realizing, you know, and uh, kind of the thought of doing something else in those moments seems very, very hard to achieve well. So it has at least given us like, even though we've been really busy um, and really excited with everything, it's given us just a moment to reflect and do some things I think that we've both been wanting to do for fucking ages, you know, and that's the positive. Yeah, totally. I, I know what you mean. But you know what's really freaking me out is that the last time I saw you, Ritzy, was on the last show. Yeah, in Cardiff. Actually, um, my band mm -hmm. had taken um, Karay's band on the tour. So that was the day after we'd like finished like three months or something on the road. Um, yeah. And it was... Yeah, you were fucking knackered, weren't you? Like, you looked, you, you didn't look knackered, but... <laughs> oh, I did. I did You've definitely been a tour, haven't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely been on tour. But, um, yeah, no, it's just mad how time has flown by, and that seems just like the other day, but... I know. Now we're here. Um, and But, yeah, it has been a time to sort of reflect and do things that we don't normally get the time mm -hmm. to do, I guess. Yeah, we've just been kind of... Uh... I guess that's the thing we've been focusing on is we've been doing this annual, you know, we started a couple of years ago, but um, this year I think we've upped it a notch because obviously we've had a bit more time as well. So it's integrated more things. So we do a song a month for everybody on the subscription and then we've been doing uh, various amounts of show. We, it's kind of kind of tiered depending on how much joy formidable you, you know, you want to um, uh, get into. So, um, yeah, we had one on, on Sunday, but we've been really enjoying it. Oh, that's fun. I don't know, there's something kind of quite up. Uh, we want, want the whole thing to be quite up because I think people are hurting at the moment. I think, you know, people are in all sorts of different ways. It's a lot of feeling very divided, feeling anxious, you know, loss of income. There's a, there's a lot going on for a lot of different people. So if we can just... The, the, the focus has been just a, an hour and a half of just something that's a little bit kind of even more escapey. Yeah, of course. We found that there were like fans writing from Utah asking about um, you ever, like if you're going to play in Utah. And I thought it was interesting because I know you live in Utah, but do you guys like, are you really musically active in Utah? Or do these people know that you're just there and they, that's how they discovered you, but you haven't? You know, like, are you part of the, is there a music scene in Utah? Um, yeah. 
or you are the music scene. <laughs> no. I guess, um, I guess we've always played every single tour we've ever done. We've always hit Salt Lake City, you know, and that was prior to me even living here. So it's been on that routing. But uh, no, we kind of keep it. I mean, we've done a we, we've done a few things with a few friends around here, but we've kind of kept a little bit of a of a lower lower profile. There is a scene, you know. There's actually some great um, musicians. I'm in Southern Utah, so not far from the Arizona. Um, border and um, usually when venues are no don't have a shitload of music venues so it tends to have to be a little bit more kind of creative it's either little festivals or uh, bars or restaurants that are kind of hosting um, there's definitely a scene I wouldn't say it's like you know <laughs> like something new is kicking off every every week or every every weekday um but we've kind of kept a bit of a i think it's maybe it's always been the connection that every time we've come back to utah we're normally off cycle we're either recording or we're off tour so we're normally kind of going like oh fancy a break from that <laughs> we'll just go in there we'll go and be a punter you know for a for a change so I, you know whether or not that that hasn't really changed. I mean, there hasn't been any fucking shows. There's nothing going on at the yeah, moment. Exactly. There's no shows anyway. Totally. Yeah. It's just those big tumbleweeds, you know, <laughs> rolling through the desert. Um, before I forget, I want to talk to you about your puppies. Oh, you do. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a huge animal lover. I more so cats than dogs, but I love all of them. And are you fostering? Or are you starting a dog cult? Look, tempting. Uh, <laughs> do it, do it. Man, so I uh, started fostering uh, the mummy um, about six weeks ago, and she was very heavily pregnant when she came to me. And then she had seven beautiful puppies. Um, five, it's their birthday today. They're five weeks old today. Uh, they're beautiful. You can see one if you like. Should I grab yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, listeners. Oh, oh, I hear a little yipping. They're fast asleep. I'm very sorry, guys. Oh, oh, look at that yawn. So precious. No. So this is, um. they've all got Welsh names. This is, um. this is Mariana. She's got a good, strong Welsh name. And she was the uh, the little, I guess the little small one. When you, oh, yeah. look at the little puppy on. She's adorable. Right. What kind of dogs are they? No idea. Because she looks pretty big. I mean, for a month old, I think she's going to get a lot bigger. You're just fostering the mom and fostering all them, so they're going to be adopted out? I hope so. That's the plan. Yeah, just through... Um, the animal sanctuary. We have a big animal sanctuary not far from here, so quite a lot of stray dogs in certain little pockets of Arizona and Utah, you know. So they've they're kind of trying to take on board some of those, you know, populations, get everybody nice and spayed and neutered. So, um, um, have you always been an animal lover? There we go. You said you have dogs and whales. I do. Yeah, I've got two rescues. I mean, I I love loved I love all animals, you know. Being a big part yeah. of. Um, just my just growing up always been around a lot of animals and always you know um always used to get in trouble for bringing animals back when I was a kid you know like pigeons that were hurt or cats that were strays or fucking uh what was the good one the, the pine martin yeah that was a that was a good one the what oh what do you guys fisher I think you guys might call them fisher cats in the in the U.S. 
Fisher cats. Fisher cats. They never like heard a, this. Kind of like a big, like a ferret, like a wild ferret. A wild ferret. This sounds right up my alley, but I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Where do I find one of these? <laughs> I think there's a lot in Scotland. I have to take a trip to Scotland. <laughs> I have to go to Scotland to find myself a wild ferret. <laughs> see you walking down the street with a ferret on a lead <laughs> yeah but they're i don't know they're cute yeah so they, they're called pine martins pine martins yeah um yeah i got i remember getting really told off for that one because they've got really good jaws you know they're kind of like little mini badgers and i just picked it up and brought it home because it was kind of hurt on the road you know my mum was just freaking out fuck yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it a baby no oh my god <laughs> i love that just yeah just a mentalist <laughs> i love that um so we're gonna yeah. go to some fan questions now um from brian as george on instagram uh, he asked the beatles or the rolling stones uh I'd probably say, I probably, in terms of who I, my listening habits, I'd say the Beatles. Yeah, solid choice. Yeah. Just, just in terms of their, their catalogue and what, what I've always kind of gravitated towards. And I suppose, you know, we did a gig with them. That's probably one of our biggest shows today. We did a gig with Paul McCartney. Oh you think? <laughs> McCartney, what? That was probably our biggest show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that was and, and he was he was lovely he was very very sweet to us and um, we had a really nice nice time so yeah the Beatles Laura what's your answer for that I think it would be the Beatles as well um but it's funny because I used to have this thing where I used to tell everyone that I hated the Beatles <laughs> um I don't know what was wrong with me but it went on for a really long time I think I thought it was some kind of rebel by saying I hated them um, but really the truth was I hadn't really gone into the back catalogue and then I realised that every band that I listened to was basically inspired by the Beatles <laughs> um, even stuff like Blonde Redhead who I really love so I'll go with them although I love the swagger of um, the Stones you can't deny that and I'd love to see them live. I've never seen the Stones live. I've never seen the Stones live either. And they're probably like my favorite band. I mean, I would say the Stones. And it's funny because I was like you as a teenager, like I just didn't like the Beatles. Maybe, I don't know. I think I, well, I also had a creepy music teacher who really pushed the Beatles. And so like, it's really hard to separate the Beatles from like this like <laughs> creepy guitar teacher that worked at my school. So <laughs> anyway, but I, I think the Beatles, it's funny that Ritzy, you're like, you said, in terms of listening as a listener, like you would say the Beatles, because I, I think it, for me, mm -hmm. it's the same reasons, but for the Stones. I think the Beatles are so greatly influential on everyone. And I, what I like about their music is that there's like such a range. It's really amazing. But I always gravitate towards the Stones. Yeah. But the Stones are probably my favorite band anyway. I think there's just something like, there's way more sex to the Stones. That that is. I go where the sex is. Yeah. I go where the dirt is. Yeah. The dirtier, the better, and the stones. <laughs> so, yeah. um, well, Neff Boston. I don't know. If that's what the Instagram name is. Probably um, asked, "How old were you when you started playing guitar and writing songs?" 
yeah, really little, kind of like that Elvis Costello age, like yeah. seven, something like that. Started playing, wow. class yeah, started playing classical guitar first, and then, uh, and then just started writing a bunch. I mean, whether or not you know, early on it was kind of a mesh of poetry and words, and then put some music, and so just. That was, I mean, I was an only child, like growing up in the middle of nowhere in North Wales. So <laughs> you needed a hobby, you know. Yeah. Was um, guitar your first instrument then? Well, I had um, just around about that age, I had flute lessons in school. And uh, every time I tried to play the flute, I thought I was going to pass out. I obviously didn't have the best <laughs> lung capacity. I used to get really fucking... Uh, like lightheaded. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's it's really good. It's really light, nice to carry around and yeah. carry it to school on the walk, but it wasn't for me. And then um I tried uh had harp lessons for a little bit, but um again quite similar. I had a had a really fucking mean harp teacher. She was uh fucked up. <laughs> she, <laughs> she shouldn't have been around children. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, oh, didn't get into that that much either. That wasn't much fun. And then finally was like, ah, the guitars. I can still carry that to school. It's <laughs> it's mobile. Wow, seven, you're so young. That's amazing. Yeah, totally. And it was just like you kind of just, it was natural for you. Well, we had a lot of guitars at home, you know, like my dad liked to play and he collected. So, you know, I think there was a part of me that was like, oh, I don't want to play the same fucking instrument as, uh, you know, as your dad. You're like, fuck you, I'm going to play the flute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm going to rebel. <laughs> what a rebel. <laughs> and blow down this pipe instead. Um, but, uh, yeah, it kind of felt like it was it was quite a natural transition. And then classical music, I think it's, you know... It's always interesting having those kind of roots in something like that's more technical and classical. It's just that, you know, you get to a certain age and things start feeling a bit stiff, you know, like it's not a lot of, unless you're doing some more kind of interpretive kind of stuff, you know, if you're kind of just going down the straight sight reading and reading music, I think there was just something that started to feel like it was a bit missing, like in terms of the creativity. So that's when I just started mess. I started tinkering with his electric guitars a little bit more. Mala Queen asks if you could put a concert together with three musicians of your choice, dead or alive, who would you choose? And I wonder if that question is three musicians who would have to play together or like a lineup, because I think that'd be different, right? Like if you could, like, is it the three musicians, dead or alive, you put together as one band or just on the same bill? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. If we just put it as like a guess a separate bill, let me think. Fucking hell. I can just go off what I've been listening to a lot this week. I've just been obsessing about spiritualized this week. I've just been like remembering oh, all their great Yeah, all their great albums. So I've been listening to a lot. So um and I've never seen them like oh, oh did I? Oh, I did see him back in the day, back in Liverpool, yeah, but, oh, fucking hell, that was a bad venue, so anyway, yeah, forget about that. <laughs> um, so if it was spiritualised, and then who would the other two be? Well, she's from something from Wales. Um, there's a band, band I really like from Cardiff called Boyazuga. So, Boyazuga, yeah. Um, they should actually have, a, have another record coming out fairly soon. They had their first record out, maybe... Maybe two years ago, something like that, a year and a half ago. 
they're good. They're yeah, they're um, <clears throat> they go back a you know a little bit to that thing that we were talking about before about um, rock music still being able to be feel kind of really innovative and and fresh. Um, so I like I like mm. what they're doing. Good live as well. Like you know, awesome. I'll check them out. Interesting live. Yeah, I'll yeah. Give it a listen. Um, who else could we have? Oh, you mentioned PJ Harvey before. The so. queen. And I've never seen her live. Uh, every single, I, I kind of feel like every single fucking festival that we've been, you know, the same festival, I kind of feel like we've either, you know, you look at the lineup and you think, yeah, and then you go, fuck, we have to leave that day, or we're not there that day, or, yeah. <laughs> totally. So I've never seen her live, and I would, I would actually love to see one of her shows. And then all three of them together would be great too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to see, all three of them together. And that brings us to our rants and raves section, the part of the show where you tell us what stuff you're really into right now and stuff that you really can't stand. I have, an, I have a, a little garden out back and... Um, I love feeding all the animals in the morning. <laughs> well, I don't just feed them in the morning, actually. I feed them a little bit, probably a bit too much. <laughs> but I like feed the birds, and I've got chipmunks, and I've got like, li- lizards that I feed little uh, bits of grasshoppers to. <laughs> and then you feed the lizards to the birds. <laughs> right? Circle of life. <laughs> When obviously we ended up in lockdown here, I thought, oh, I might as well try growing veggies and shit. You know, I'll like actually try and be a bit more kind of self-sustained. So started putting loads of things in the back and uh, actually saw, we have these uh, little squirrels in Utah. They're called, um, well, the locals call them pot guts because they've got like little fat sugar oh bellies. You winter, you winter squirrels, they're called all pot guts. And I actually watched um my carrots like something out of a fucking cartoon <laughs> down <laughs> one at a time. I was like, oh, who the fuck is that? And um then this video literally um about a week later after you know this the, the, the heartache of like literally having you know if we'd have been trying to just eat off my garden we'd all be very hungry <laughs> right now. Um, about a week later, there was this really nice little video that came out of, um, it happened to this guy who'd set up a little, you know, motion cam and he'd filmed this popcorn coming every day and eating his vegetables. And he fell so much in love with him that he ended up making him his own little garden that he didn't mind oh. him from. So he had his, he had the human garden and he had the, the popcorn or the squirrels. There's um, a video of this. Guy. There's a video. Okay, you have it. to send it to us and later. I, and I kind of like just, I was like, I would kind of do that if I had any more vegetable seeds left, but you kind of ate them all. <laughs> yeah. And how would you, how does he keep like the squirrel to the one garden? Like, no, 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 back to your garden. Like, you can't trespass right. into mine. Totally. I think he had some good squirrel security system <laughs> set up. Yeah. Squirrel trainer. Totally. That's cute. <laughs> That's my kind of video. You got to send it to us. <laughs> I know. You'll love it. And what is your, like, what do you, what's your rant? What do you want to rant on? <clears throat> Whew. 
It's difficult at the moment because I'm trying not to get too ranty because I think you could start despairing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Open my life. Totally. Trying to just uh, focus what you can control, but um, the I think the one thing that's obviously as we near an American election, I think I'm just I'm kind of sad at the the disconnect that's happening. You see, I live in this tiny little town where people, you know, it's it's quite a big Mormon community. In fact, what's interesting about it to me is that it's such a melting pot of different people. There's like um, a Mormon community. There's a community that have been here for a long time ranching. And then there's the animal sanctuary that throws up a whole new you know, group of people that have moved to care for animals. So I've been here for seven years now, six or seven years. And everybody's been pretty kind at tolerating each other, you know, like there's just been a general, uh, a general vibe of like, well, we might not agree, but like, let's, um, let's all just be respectful and listen. And if we don't, you know, if we, even if we don't listen <laughs> to each other or we can't reach a point, um, where we agree to disagree, then we'll at least all be kind of fairly kind. And just as we're, I don't know, just there's something about where everybody, how everybody is feeling at the moment yeah, and totally. all the the anxiety and mental health that being in, in, in the middle of a pandemic also throws into the mix. The, I just think it's brought, it's brought out a lot of the, the, it's brought out some, you know, I always like to be optimistic. I think if you haven't got optimism, then you, you don't have anything at all. But, um, you know, it's brought out some of the best in people. There's obviously huge, amazing acts of bravery and kindness and people coming together. But um, I'm, I could certainly rant about um, how unkind it, there's, a, you know, it's, it's feeling. And, and you think that you've, you've said you've noticed that as we're the the election is nearing and i mean is it just like just super decisive and polarizing where you're at i mean i think it is in general anyway but you know it's hard to kind of blanket make these blanket assumptions about how everybody's feeling but the you know we've noticed that so every saturday we have one crossroad in the middle of the town and um every saturday we have one group of you know again a mishmash it's kind of hard to say exactly but it's you know has definitely has a pro-trump element in there and then a whole pile of ideology that is kind of a little bit more conservative and everywhere in between shouting across <laughs> the crossroad and you know at a, another group of um you know i suppose what you would call more kind of left wing or uh democratic and the blm you know like on the opposite side and it's just this week saturday of just shouting and people getting pissed off and angry with each other and uh, i definitely feel like that's it's a it's an interesting time for that you know something so visual in this tiny town where there's only a couple of thousand population it's just like and nobody's having a conversation you know it's just who can actually shout the loudest and i think you know, that kind of um, element, you know, where everybody is just wants to be right and nobody really wants to listen. You know, there's an element where we, everybody's getting very passionate but and emotional, but isn't always listening to each other, isn't always taking, you know, I like facts. Nobody's being heard. Yeah. Yeah. And I like facts. I like finding the truth in things. I don't want to just listen to a load of fucking hearsay or fake this or, you know, take news from 
um, places that just serve my ideology. I, I want to find the truth in things, even if sometimes that is different from what you thought, if it challenges exactly where you thought. And I think a lot of that is kind of being dumbed down to just be very polarised, be very, I'm on this side, I'm on that side, and we will not meet at all. And I think that's, you know, I think that's worth a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth a rant. I think that's a valid rant for sure. Yeah. I mean, I guess the one thing about being out in Utah, well, there's many good things, but one great thing is that you can go out and be in nature and there's such amazing places to see and, you know, get some air. Um, I've been to Utah quite a few times actually and uh, went to Zion and done quite a few walks and hikes around but um i'm sure there's millions of places to go and maybe ritzy you can take us sometime and uh show us around that'd be awesome yeah um i mean there's just an endless amount of hiking ground here and um it's it's pretty hard to beat it it's very very beautiful but i i think i could give it a good stab and we could go somewhere where there's no people either if, you know if you're into that it's so interesting utah i mean the the choice in utah is so i'm really intrigued but also when you explained it it makes total sense because i think about i mean i have moved several times out into the middle of nowhere usually like more like forest than desert but I've been thinking about, I'm from Colorado, and I was like, should I move back to Colorado? And then I was like, New Mexico, Montana. Well, now you got Utah. Got to put that in the mix. <laughs> Wait, what are those squirrels called again? Before we let you go, that's the most important thing. I need to write it down. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Next time we Zoom with you, we want you to have one. There's a puppy in one arm and a pot gut <laughs> Squirrel on the other. On the shoulders. <laughs> trained. Yeah, it's gotta be trained. <laughs> Thanks so much for doing this with us. It really, it's been, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for inviting me and uh, good luck with it all. Look. Oh, thanks. Speak to you soon. Bye. Yeah, have a lovely afternoon. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. listening to this week's episode of never meet your idols join us next time when we welcome john congleton to submit questions for us or our guests email us at nevermeetyouridols at gmail.com or send us a message or voice memo on instagram at never meet your idols podcast until next time i'm Corey and i'm laura mary see you, see you next, next tuesday, tuesday.